Acts chapter 6, today we're getting into part 3 of the sermon series, Unstoppable. We're learning principles from the book of Acts, what happened with the early church and what happened when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon, uh, upon the people of God. Great things happen. Aren't you glad that you are spirit-filled? Amen? In the name of Jesus. So Acts chapter 6, we read, uh, let's go ahead and begin reading from verse number 1. It says, now in, those, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned a full number of disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who will, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Procurus, Nicanter, Timon, Parmenas, uh, Nicholas, and proselyte of Antioch. And, they, and these set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. Verse 7, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great number of priests became obedient to the faith. I love what the early church is doing. I love their outreach. And by the way, one of the one of the issues is there were needs in the body of Christ. And I just want to make mention that some of you uh, are giving to our benevolence fund. We at Fortress Church, when there's a need in the body of Christ, we like to bless individuals. So anytime uh, you feel the need, you know what, I want to give a little something extra above the tithe then you can put on their benevolence, and we do have a fund to help those who are in need, much like we read about what happens here in the book of Acts. But one of the things I noticed is if the early church came together, they were, there were individuals of different, uh, different ethnicities, different uh, generations, and they came together to be the church. There were Hellenists, which was the Jews who spoke Greek. Then there were the Jews who spoke Hebrew. Then there were the Gentiles. Kind of like today, uh, we have a multiplicity of different individuals from different ethnicities who come together in, in the kingdom of God. And even here at Fortress Church, I praise God. For those of you who don't know, uh, you can get the, the word of God being preached uh, uh, every Sunday in about five, six different languages, right? We have the Indian church going on right now. They're, they're preaching the word in Malayalam and, and, uh, as well as English. And we have our Ghana church. They do twi in English. And, of course, we have our Spanish church in the multi-purpose center, the Espanol. And, uh, uh, you know, we've got, of course, we've got the English here. And, and we, uh, of course, for seven years we had the uh, Beth Simca here who did the church in Hebrew and in English. Kind of gives us a little taste of of heaven, right? Little taste of heaven. Well, this is what the early church was about. People from different nationalities, people from different uh, uh, countries coming together. And I praise God for even Africa Christian Fellowship. And uh, they do a little bit of Ebo, right? Praise God for that uh, right here at Fortress Church. So uh, God does a great work. So we can learn a whole lot of lessons from the early church and how it was established about 2,000 years ago and how it is for us today. So let's pray that today our topic is empowered leadership. We see how the early church, they chose for them six leaders who rose up, and it wasn't an easy thing to take, to, uh, uh, to, to take but that was the, the mantle of leadership. Uh, these six men did, as today many of us are called to leadership in the church, and I want to encourage you to step up as God leads. Amen. Father God, thank you for your word as we prepare to study Acts chapter 6. 
in Acts chapter 7. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be ever-present, not only in our midst, but in our hearts. Speak to us. Holy Spirit, you do what you need to do. You say what you need to say. May you be glorified. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Before we get into the teaching for today, today happens to be day number 15 of our 28 days of walking through the book of Acts. Uh, we, As we've been telling you the last three weeks, we've been uh, offering this book. Unfortunately, uh, we we are out of books. We gave out 240 books to you here at Fortress Church over the last three weeks. But you can get it online, and there's in the pastor's page, there's a link online. But it's simply a book of 28 devotions in English, 28 in Spanish, and it's called Inspiration for Transformation. And in this book, we read different pastors and spiritual leaders in San Antonio uh, just sharing their heart about a particular chapter in the book of Acts. Today's day number 15, and uh, chapter 15 is a devotional written by Zach Sharian from Brazen Grace Fellowship. I I just want to read an excerpt to give you a little word of encouragement from day 15. He said, as new covenant believers, we have been set free. Somebody say set free by the power of the good news. Our faith adopts us into the body of Christ, and the Holy Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. As part of God's family, we, never, we are never alone. Paul and Barnabas's tenacity to share the gospel to everyone should inspire us to share the good news at every opportunity. Let the guide inside you spur you to good works and fill you with wisdom and power as you yield to him. I love that. There's uh, so much great things, and I encourage you to read that book that we've been giving you the last few weeks. Amen. Today, we're looking at Acts chapter 6. As we look at Acts chapter 6, we see that the book of Acts is filled with reports of miracles. Amen. Healings, the miracle work, signs and wonders a move of the Holy Spirit, but also you you see persecution. That oftentimes happens when you're doing things for the Lord. Anybody can identify with persecution. You, you It seems like you're, you're doing more for God. You're getting deeper with the things of God, and here comes the devil persecuting you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, all right? Then you can identify with what's happening here. Let me tell you a story. True story. It happened many years ago in Eastern Europe. A group of about 100 people had gathered together to worship God. But they were there to worship God in a country where it was not legal to worship God. Others in their country had been tortured and even killed for their statements of faith in the Lord God Jehovah. As they were in the middle of a worship service, a group of a few communist soldiers burst through the doors of that worship service armed with huge machine guns. Fear gripped the hearts of the worshipers that day. The communists forcefully yelled, you are worshiping the Lord God Jehovah, and this is punishable unto death. We have come to get rid of every person who worships the Lord. We will give you two minutes to decide who, you, uh, who you're going to worship. If Jesus Christ is really not Lord of your life, you may walk out of these doors denouncing your faith in him, and you can go home in peace, and in safety. But if you profess that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, you must stay here and pay the price. You have two minutes. What would you do if you were one of those 100 or so worshipers that day in an underground church in a country where worship of God, Jehovah, was not allowed? How would you react? Would you be willing to die for your faith in Jesus? 
In Acts chapter 6, we read about Stephen, who literally did die for his faith. We're going to read about how God raised up godly people, but we also see in Acts chapter 7, the next chapter, how after Stephen preached the word and taught, told them about Jesus, he was literally stoned to death for his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So praise God for all the miracles, all the healings, all the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we read about in the book of Acts, but we also have to deal with the persecution. Many were persecuted. An example of those who stood strong in the face of persecution were the leaders of the early church. After the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there were many great leaders in the church who were now empowered by the Holy Spirit. For the next few minutes, I want to talk about empowered leadership. This is a theme of Acts chapter 6. So there were needs within the church. The church was filled with the Holy Spirit. So who, who was raised up for such a time as this? Let's pick up in verse number 8 of Acts chapter 6. It says, And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogues of the freedmen, as it was called, and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians and those from Cilicia and Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand with wisdom the wisdom and the spirit by which he was speaking. And they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. Verse number 15. And gazing at him who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So I just want to walk through very, uh, very quickly a few characteristic traits that the Word of God is clear about Stephen and the others who rose up to be empowered leaders for the church back in the day. Seven characteristics of empowered servants. Number one, we are filled with grace. What does that mean? We're not here to judge anybody. We know that the ultimate judge is God himself. We are here to extend grace. We are here to love people. Remember what we say? It's a quote from Billy Graham. It's God's job to judge. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's our job to love. So we extend grace. Secondly, we are filled with power. Once we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and I do believe there's a number of spirit-filled believers in the house of God today. Amen? We are filled with power, and that's, that makes a world of difference. Number three, we are instruments of God's miracles. We read not only in chapter 6 of Acts, but we read literally all over the book of Acts. We see miracle after miracle, healing, signs and wonders. Praise God for that. And I believe empowered servants are characterized by God's miracles. Number four, we are filled with wisdom. I believe that we can, be, can operate and make decisions based on wisdom. Number five, not too many of us want this one, but we deal with persecution. Because of our faith in the Lord, we, because we are empowered servants of the Lord, sometimes we have to deal with persecution. Sometimes it's from people. Sometimes it's from the devil himself. Number seven, we reflect the presence of God. Did you notice it says that the people noticed when they looked on Stephen, they saw what looked like to be the angel of the Lord. Well, it was. It was the presence of God. And then last of all, number seven, a characteristic of empowered servants is we boldly speak of the gospel. We boldly speak of the gospel. Stephen was not ashamed to stand up in front of those who were persecuting him and speak out the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
He took the initiative, even if his life was on the line. Would you stand strong for your faith in the Lord, even if your life was on the line? Would you take the initiative to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others? Here's a quote from Pastor Jason Brooks, who in chapter 17 of our Acts San Antonio book wrote this, and I love what he says. He says, the mission and the mandate is clear. Go. Pray that the Lord gives you holy distress for your community and boldness to act. I like the way he words it. Holy distress. What does that mean? When you look at your community, when you look at the people around you, are you in distress? And Oh, there's somebody who needs Jesus. There's somebody who needs the love of God. There's somebody who needs the grace of God. There's somebody who needs the presence of God. Do you? Do you have the ability to see that and say, I'm in holy distress right now. I kind of like the way he worded it. Are you willing to take that initiative to, to step into, uh, to do something about it? To do something about it. Now, so many of us, we wait for opportunities to fall into our lap. Now, those opportunities once in a great while may fall into our lap. I'm talking about opportunities to share your faith, opportunities to love people, opportunities to reach out to people. But more times than not, the majority of the time, we need to take initiative and not wait for an opportunity to fall into our lap. There's a number of lessons we can learn from the early church and how we can be an empowered leader as we read about in Acts chapter 6. Let's walk through these lessons. Lesson number one is this. The early church, they didn't have all the how-tos, but they had a heart-to. They didn't have all the how-tos, but they had the heart-to. Now, have you ever read, don't raise your hand on this one, because I think all of us have. Have you ever read a a how-to book? I understand that there are over 500,000 how-to books out now. That's a whole lot. And some of them, I I just came across a number of, I'm going to say silly how-to books. Can I just give you an example, a few examples? There's a how-to book that says, How to Traumatize Your Children. Some of you kids says, I think my dad read that one, huh? How about this one? How to talk to your cat about gun safety. Real how-to books, okay? Here's another one. How to survive a robot uprising. Mm. Here's another one. How to talk to a rock. (laughs) Now, here's my favorite one, and I'll end with this one. How to write a how-to-write book, okay? They tell you how to write a how-to-write book. Anyway... I thought that was silly, okay. Uh, many people, they think they, they have the how-to. Uh, but we take a look at the early church. They didn't have a how-to book. In fact, the New Testament wasn't even written because they're living out the New Testament, right? So they didn't have a how, how do you do church. They didn't have the how-to, but they had the heart-to. You know, it's a difference. They didn't have the, uh, the how do you do this. How do you love God and love people? They didn't have the how-to, but they had the heart-to. Are you noticing the difference? And it's a big lesson that you and I can learn today. You don't have to have the how-to. The main thing is you have to have the heart-to. And I praise God for for so many individuals today who have a heart-to. So many of you here today are, are serving in ministry here at Fortress Church 
whether it's in children's ministry or whether it's in connect groups or whether it's in the prayer ministry, whether it's in, in, in the safety team and other places uh, here that do a whole lot. I, I, just, I just thank God for, for men and women, you guys who are sitting here who are willing to say yes when it comes to serving God, even here in the local church. Some of you come at 8.45 in the morning to pray before church even starts. I, I believe in the power of prayer. Some of you uh, just just come, and, and I appreciate Sister, for example, Sylvia Acosta. She comes in, in during the week, and she volunteers some time at the office to help us with, with the administrative things, and, and praise God for that. I, I think um, individuals like Gilbert Garza sitting here and, his, and, and Elder uh, uh, Virgil Gonzalez, Two weeks ago, we had uh, two big trees in the back of the property uprooted because of the thunderstorms, and these guys came out. It was a lot of hard work, Gilbert, but I appreciate you and, and Virgil uh, bringing your chainsaws and taking care of it. So many of you do so much. Sometimes it's visible. Sometimes it's behind the scenes. Many of you lead connect groups. I just want to say thank you. Some of you serve periodically as an usher or as a greeter. All of this is so vitally important. And I've got to say, I just want to give a shout out to, to the six men who helped me so much, the elders of Fortress Church. These men, they know what it is to pour time and, and energy into, into ministry. Uh, Elder Pete Villarreal, Elder Virgil Gonzalez, Elder Christian Naduque, Elder Rick Pice, Elder uh, Dennis O'Reilly, Elder Lupe Hernandez. Thank you, brothers. I mean, I am blessed to work alongside with these great men of God who help. Yeah, let's give them, let's give them thanks. Yeah. Here's a great life lesson. Leadership in the kingdom of God always begins with serving. One of the primary needs of Fortress Church is discipleship via connect group. So once again, if you are leading a connect group, we've got a connect group huddle on Sunday, June 2nd, right after the 11 a.m. service. Sign up at the, at the uh, connection hub right back there. Or maybe you're praying about it. Well, maybe the Lord is leading me to start a connect group, and, and, and I, just, I just want to be used of God. Uh, join us because we're going to help you uh, just just give you some a strategy that we believe God can help you be uh, a productive and anointed connect group. Some people say, I'd love to serve, but I'm just not talented enough. Well, can I give you an excerpt from the book that we wrote a year and a half ago to another level? I jotted down 10 things that require zero talent. Let me give them to you. This is a reminder. Ten things that require zero talent, showing up on time, hard work ethic, effort, smiling, positive attitude, passion, teachability, faithfulness, going the extra mile. How about prayer? You know, you don't need talent for these things, but God can use you in any of these areas and anything. That's all it takes. You know, one of the things that I value is our is is prayer and intercessory prayer, and and in our worship services during nine fifteen and eleven o'clock, we have somebody back there in the war room. It used to be a closet; we converted it to a war room, and I value that so much. Just for me as a pastor to know there's somebody praying for me right now as I'm preaching the word of God. That means the world to me. You know what I'm talking about? And maybe you say, "Well, I don't have a lot of talent. Can you pray?" Well, then you can be used of God and in big ways. So I praise God for that. Once again, 
It's not about the how-tos. It's about the heart-to. Do you have a heart to do kingdom work? Because the Holy Spirit can empower you to be a servant and an empowered leader. Lesson number two, they understood the team mentality. The early church, they understood the team mentality. See, it's not about somebody doing everything in ministry, but rather everybody doing something. Everybody doing something. John Maxwell said, nothing of significance was ever achieved by an individual acting alone. Look below the surface and you will find that all seemingly solo acts are really team efforts. We read about that all the time. And I'm going to say this, that God has a way of putting a church together. He does. And I'm going to say this, I don't believe it's by coincidence you're here today. If God brought you to Fortress Church, I believe God brought you to Fortress Church for a reason. There's a purpose behind it. There's a, there's a purpose behind And God needs you to serve. And sometimes I say, Lord, Lord God Almighty, I, I, there's, a, there's a few places of ministry that I really need help in. Lord, could you send somebody? And sure enough, the Lord knows who, who, who to send. And some of them are, some of you sitting right here, and I praise God for that. But God doesn't do things by coincidence. You know what I'm talking about? God orchestrates everything, even in the church. Now, speaking about prayer, can I, I just want to give you a little, a little testimony. On Friday afternoon, uh, I, like to, uh, I was taking some time to pray and uh, uh, pray for this upcoming service. So uh, I pulled away from my office, and I spent some time in the war room. And there was a handful of individuals that I, I asked the Lord, Lord, if there's anybody I need to pray for, uh, that I began to pray for, and I texted a few people, and, and, and one of them, was, uh, was a, a young lady named Rosemary, and I asked if I could pray for her, and she said, well, can you pray because I'm looking for a new job, and I prayed for that. That was about 3 p.m., and then about six hours later, she texted me back and said, I've got to tell you some good news. About an hour after I texted you to pray for me for a new job, I got a call for a job offer at $25 an hour, so praise God for that. And I give you that example because any of us can pray, any of us have a realm of people around us that, you know what, hey, do you have a prayer need? Can I pray for you? Can I intercede for you? Because you know what? Mighty things happen when we pray. Amen? Is, are any of you in, in, have experienced answered prayer? You know what I'm talking about. So what I'm saying is God can use any of us in a powerful way, e- e- even me. But I love this, this principle of the people in the early church. They understood the team mentality. Let me give an example. A few months ago, one of the men, uh, was I was talking to him about how he came to faith in the Lord here at Fortress Church a few months ago. And he says, well, this certain individual invited me. So there was a member of Fortress Church that invited him to church. So he and his wife came. As they entered, he was telling me they came and they were greeted by a couple of greeters. And then they took their two kids to kids' church. And then after that, they came into the worship center and they, they enjoyed the worship here. They went over to the Connection Hub and were blessed with a gift bag. They came back and they heard the message that I preached. And then afterwards, they, they gave, came forward, gave their heart, him and his wife, gave his heart to, their hearts to Jesus, and prayer partners were praying for them. And I started thinking, that's teamwork. That's team ministry. Someone invited them. Uh, another person greeted them. Another person, a few people helped uh, minister to their children and kids' church. Uh, they came into the worship team, ministered to them as they w- were welcomed into the presence of God. Somebody at the Connection Hub g- greeted them there and blessed them with a gift bag. Uh, I was able to preach the word of God 
as that, that couple came forward, there was an individual who led them to faith in the Lord here as a prayer partner. That's team ministry. And everybody had a part in the, in the change in the dynamic of them, their eternity changing. Are you getting the picture here? Everything you do for the kingdom of God makes a difference. This is a body of Christ in action. Point number three, or lesson number three, the church, the early church, reached its potential because of anointed servants. Because of anointed servants. You see, what made a difference is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we read about in Acts chapter 2. Then the rest of the 26 chapters of the book of Acts shows what happens when a church, when a people of God are empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is the anointing of God that makes a difference. And the anointing of God helps a church or an individual reach their potential in the Lord. Life lesson. God's anointing equips you to minister, encourages you to love, and empowers you to serve. Now, I, I, let, me give, let me explain what I'm talking about when I say anointed ministries. Because on the other side, there are some fantastic programs around. And I'm not against programs. The government has a lot of programs. Let's take, for example, drug and alcohol rehab programs. There's a whole bunch of them. And on, on the average, you can do some studies and read about it, the average federal or state licensed program for drug and alcohol rehab has about a 20 to 25% success rate. What does that mean? Five years after that individual completes the program, they are still clean, so to speak. 20 to 25% say, ah, that's okay. It really could be better. Yeah, it could be better. But there's a ministry, an anointed ministry, that is more than just a program. And I'm talking about Adult and Teen Challenge, and there's a men's center and a women's center here in San Antonio. The success rate for the Adult and Teen Challenge drug and alcohol uh, ministry is over 75%. Amen? Over 75%. Wow. Now, what's the difference? The difference is they call it, well, we call it, okay, the Jesus factor. The, the Holy Spirit is all over. You could talk about individuals who, who uh, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit there at the Adult and Teen Challenge here in San Antonio. Love what they do. What is the difference? Huge difference. You go from program to anointed ministry. Boy Scouts is a great program, but it's not a ministry. Here at Fortress Church, we have something called Royal Rangers, and it introduces young boys to a relationship with Jesus Christ. They learn scripture. They read the Bible. They learn Christian principles, and they have a whole lot of fun. And I praise God for Royal Rangers. I praise God for Commander Dennis O'Reilly right back over there. does a great job with a few other commanders. What I'm saying here is that this is more than just a program. It is an anointed ministry because it is led by the Holy Spirit, and, and that's what makes a world of difference. Let's take Girl Scouts, for example. Girl Scouts is a great program, and they make terrific cookies. But it's just a program, huh? But here at Fortress Church, we have Impact Girls, and they take it a step further. It's more than a program. They, like, like Royal Rangers, talk about the Lord, introduce them to a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus, give them principles by which to live, and, and it's a great ministry. And I appreciate Jasmine and Michelle heading up a girls' ministry every, every Wednesday at 7 p.m., Impact Girls here at Fortress Church. Praise God for that. 
What I'm saying is something, something, some sort of dynamic takes place when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead even a ministry. It turn, takes it from a program to a ministry. Let's take kids ministry, headed up by Bucky Buckner here at Fortress Church. And now we offer a parent guide. It looks something like this. With your children from ages 3 to 5th grade, takes home a synopsis of the Bible lesson that they learned today in kids' church. And on here, it's pretty cool. It tells you, what, is, what did my child learning in church today? Uh, we can share God's story. The big idea today, they're learning from Acts chapter 4. They're teaching from the book of Acts, just like we are. Questions that you can ask your children as a follow-up. Uh, were Peter and John so, why were Peter and John so bold? By telling others about Jesus. Who is someone you can share God's story with this week? Then you have a couple of memory verses, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Philippians 4, 13. Your children can take this home. Why do we do this? Because I'm going to tell you, we're not here at Fortress Church to babysit your children. Mm -mm. We're here to teach them the Word of God. We're here to teach them the Word of God. And that's how come. And, And we need your help. That's how come we give you this parent guide. And once again, this is something new here at Fortress Church under Bucky, our, our children's director. And, and she, she cr- creates this so that you can minister to your children on a daily basis, okay? Because it's a, how many know we need to, to, to bring them the word of God every day, all right? Amen. Well, let's give God praise. Volunteer opportunities. Some of you say, well, maybe God is stirring me to get involved. Uh, over here at the Connection Hub, there's a, a, a list of volunteer opportunities. If you want to grab one of those, you can maybe pray about getting involved somewhere, uh, especially connect groups, and then do so. Also, our Digging Deeper Notes at the Connection Hub is, uh, is this. It says five principles, a devotion that I wrote, five principles of servanthood. We're talking about what an anointed servant and leader is in Acts chapter 6. We can go a step further in this devotion for you to take home if you want a copy of it at the Connection Hub. Bottom line is this. In your growth as a Christ follower, what is your next step? What are you doing for you, the kingdom of God? It's easy for any of us to say, well, I'm a believer. I love Jesus. I love the Lord. But are you putting your faith into action? Are you putting your faith into action? Today we've spoken about anointed servants. We've spoken about empowered leadership. God has placed his Holy Spirit in you to do kingdom work. You see, about a number of years ago, there were about 100 or so worshipers worshiping in an underground church in Eastern Europe in a country where it was illegal to worship the Lord God Almighty. And in came a number of communists with big machine guns taking over and yelling, saying, what you are doing in the worship of the Lord God Jehovah is illegal, and it is punishable unto death. You have two minutes to make a choice. If you want to live, you can walk out of the doors of this church. But in doing so, you would be denouncing your faith in Jesus Christ. If you choose to stay, you are taking a stand for your faith in the Lord God Jehovah, but the choice is yours. The hundred or so people in that underground church had about two minutes to decide. A man in that church who many looked up to bowed his head in shame, walked out the door. A young lady who was thought that she was too young to die, rose up and walked out the door. 
One of the teachers in their Bible classes was weak in faith, and he, he stood up and walked out the door. One by one, approximately half of those 100 people in the worship place, underground church, walked out denouncing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and kind of revealing who they really were. So after about 50 of them left, approximately the communist soldiers said, Any more? This is your last chance. When all who left, all who wanted to leave left, the group of communist soldiers, they put down their machine guns, put down their rifles, and they said the following words, We acknowledge your faith in Christ Jesus as Lord. We also are believers in Jesus Christ. And today we've been looking for a place to worship, but we just didn't want to worship anywhere and with anyone. We wanted to be with true worshipers who are sold out for Jesus Christ, not the fakes. So now, let's have church. The book of Acts is filled with stories of challenges, just like I mentioned Stephen and the other deacons who were voted upon by the church. They stood up as empowered leaders. Their faith was challenged. Some even gave their lives for the cause of the gospel. Today, are you willing to give your life to Jesus? Nobody has a gun to your head, but today you've got a Savior who embraces you with his amazing Reckless love. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, would you speak to us? Speak to us even now. As we prepare for a time of prayer and a response to the teaching, perhaps you want to join with me in um, just launching our prayer time with the following words. Maybe you want to repeat after me. Lord God Almighty, I come to you. In the name of Jesus, thank you for the gift of eternal life. And thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray that just like those who served in the early church in Acts, you will fill me with grace, with power, with wisdom, with your presence, and with the ability to speak with boldness. Lord Jesus, I want to be more like you. You are a servant of the kingdom, and I desire to be a servant as well. I desire to reach my potential in life, and I know that it can only be done with your anointing. I purpose to take initiative to open doors of opportunity to serve others. Amen. So be it. Is that your prayer? Is that your prayer?